Today it's just me, Paris, here, and I am with my mom. Such a treat. My mom needs no introduction. I feel like I talk about her every single podcast episode, but we thought just with Mother's Day this month, we thought it would be so fun to have one of our moms on the podcast. So it's me and my mom here. Um, we're going to start off, first of all, with what we're grateful for. Um, do you want to go first, mom? Sure. Um, so I am grateful, number one, to be here, to get to be on the podcast. So thanks for having me. And I am grateful today. My husband is an orthopedic surgeon who is also a pilot. And he likes piloting as much as he likes being a surgeon. And this week, his plane is being repaired. So he is driving so many hours and is gone all week. And every time I talk to him, he's been like sometimes driving till two in the morning and working so, so hard for our family. And this week, I just feel really grateful that he is such a gritty, hard worker and he's doing it mostly with a smile and a good attitude because that's really hard. So I feel like we're back in residency again and and I am grateful that he will do that for our family. Honestly, that should be something we should have you on the podcast about just because that whole story, I feel like that's a very, um, like, that gives you a glimpse into how crazy it is that you guys are in the middle of your lives and just did something so brave and cool. Anyways, that's kind of another story, but I think it's a really good insight into who you guys are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It probably is. So today I am just feeling so grateful that my sweet Miles, who is two, is so affectionate. Um, Pierce and I are both very affectionate people. We just love to (laughs) hug our friends and that's just both of our love languages or one of them. Um, And... I have so appreciated having a toddler that reciprocates that and will just kiss me a hundred times a day. He'll be in the middle of something and turn to me and say, mama kiss, mama hug. And oh my gosh, it just warms my heart. And I feel like I need that from him. And I feel so lucky that he just wants to give it to me all day long. He does give that so freely. Yes. No, I don't think any two-year-old gives kisses as freely Mm -hmm. as Miles does. He wants to kiss everybody goodbye. He tried to kiss the pediatrician goodbye the other day. It's so cute. It's so sweet. And it's a little bit surprising because he's so busy and so active. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag that he will be so affectionate. Oh, yeah. He gives you a kiss really quick and then he's back to running again. Oh, yeah. But then you'll get another kiss two minutes later, so it's all good. Anyways... So today our topic is one that I've been excited about and everybody that knows my mom knows that this is one of her strengths and I, our family obviously has its flaws. It's very far from perfect, but one thing that we do really well is we love each other really well and our home was a place of love and kindness and respect for one another. And that is something that my mom was so intentional about and she cultivated. And it's something that has blessed my life so much. And because of that, I feel like I have a close relationship with my parents and my siblings. And Pierce has been able to step into that family relationship. And just my mom's powerful example of this has been such a pillar of my life. So 
I am so excited to ask her some questions about how we can all hope to emulate the, this family dynamic. Um, mom, so first of all, just like right off the bat, how did you learn the importance of having an atmosphere of love in your home? And I, like, I'm asking you, even though I know <laughs> the answer to this question, like, is it because you grew up with it? Or do you think that it's just something that you have had to work really hard for? So I feel like um, that's interesting because I wonder what you would say. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm excited to be on the podcast today because I love listening to this podcast because I, I feel like you always say things exactly like you're really you're really in tune to if you ever represent me. She always represents me in the very, very best light, which is just who Paris is. But um so you probably would answer it the way I'm going to answer it. But I grew up in a family where my mom just absolutely adores being a mom. Like she's, she just exudes joy and happiness. And, and even during really hard times, my mom just, I just knew how much my mom loved being a mom. And ever since I was really young, I just could not wait to be a mom. It's really all I ever I, all I ever dreamed of was being a mom and I wanted to have 10 kids and I couldn't wait. I love to play house. I, I remember doing the laundry at my house and thinking like loving putting things in pile. I really kind of hate laundry now, but I love <laughs> I, I was going to say, I wish that carried over yeah. for any, like that would be amazing. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I don't love that now. It's not my worst mom job, but I, I wish love for, it. just to clarify, I wish for you it carried over. <laughs> yeah, true. But, but I, um, I just loved, I just couldn't wait to, to be a mom and do all the mom things and I, I just knew along with that, like what I wanted, what I wanted my home to feel like and what I wanted to be like. And I, I feel like I did grow up in a, I feel really blessed that I was, I grew up in a home with a lot of love. And so I think that started for sure from my mom cultivating that in me, but it definitely was something um, maybe sometime you'll have, she'll have her dad on the podcast. And one thing about Darren is he's so soft. Like he's just such a, he, you can probably hear from this podcast that Paris speaks quietly and she's just, she's a really soft, sweet person. And my husband is that way. And I think I'm not naturally as soft and as sweet as he is, but I, I think that one, I didn't think of about this till right now I'm getting ready, but I think that he's so, like, I don't think you ever have been yelled at by your dad, right? <laughs> no. Ever. Like, no. he just is not, he just, he's so, like, he just wouldn't yell at the kids. So I would, ne that would never have been a part of our culture to, like, raise our voice or, like, I mean, I'm not saying that I never yelled, but, but it would feel so, I would, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that with him because he's so calm. Um, that was really, wasn't your question. What was your question? That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. How did I get that? Well, I, yeah, I didn't think of that, but that so much of that comes from, from mine. And then I also feel like just, just Darren's, you know, my husband's personality of him just having a personality of just being so calm. Like he's such a calming influence in our home, but it is definitely something that I've read like I am constantly listening to podcasts and reading books and, and I think, um, 
definitely being very intentional about it since since the time that you were born just like I see you doing with Miles like I knew I always had in mind like an end game in mind of what I wanted my family to be like and I didn't know that I would have four girls and one boy and but I I knew that I knew that I wanted my home to feel calm and peaceful and crazy like I knew that I wanted you know like a million things going on it was like hectic and chaotic but there was always a lot of like love yeah it was calm in that way. Yeah, but calm would be probably the wrong word yeah. for our household because it was, this is what I like to call it, managed chaos. Managed chaos. It was managed chaos. And you know, for the, for the most part, it was really happy chaos. Yes, yes. But definitely chaos. I don't mean to make it sound like our house was calm because it, it wasn't, but it was it was fun. It's the result of having five little kids, yes. for sure. I like that you brought up, though, I think you and dad both were very... I don't think either of you are um, prone to yelling or getting angry. I don't feel like either of you have tempers. But you also have been incredibly intentional about it. And I know you and I see you. And one of your greatest strengths is that you are constantly trying to better yourself. And I see you and dad do that constantly. You have modeled that for me. I see you always check in with each other. How are we doing? What do we want to do better? And I think that that has played into it so much as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. I like that I can an- I, yep. I yes. can ask you questions and I can answer you, them. You actually <laughs> would probably answer them better, so it's perfect. <laughs> Hello. No. no, you're doing perfect. Um, okay, so I have obviously been so lucky to grow up in this environment, um, but I think that I've taken so many things for granted. What things did you do that you feel like helped to create this environment and atmosphere in our family? And and you're talking about environment of like love and appreciation for each other. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that like a couple of things that, that come to mind is that I really tried hard. Number one, it was really important to me that you guys were close and that you got along and that you were each other's best friends. So that was something that was extremely important to me. Um, I It's different when, you know, now, how old are you? I'm 25. 25, <laughs> I was going to say 26. So I have a 25-year-old and then down to a 14-year-old. And so when you were all little, it looked really different than what it looks like now. But I think when you were little, I... Um, you're going to ask this later, but I'm going to say it now. But if if I if I, I don't have any advice for anyone because everyone's just doing the best that they can, just like me. But I think I tried to create an environment where we were doing a lot of fun things together, where you guys, like I know I've told you this, that I didn't, like being home, as much as I love a home and keeping a home and making a home beautiful, all of that is so important to me. But I was so happy being out with you guys. So I was lucky to, like I've always had, you know, project and projects and businesses, but I, I was out with you guys a lot. Like I took you out in nature and I took you to do things. So it wasn't like, I kept you busy. I kept myself busy. I kept you guys doing things that you were happy doing and tried to like create memories where you would have, like you would have good feelings towards each other and try to like make an environment where we were doing happy things and having happy feelings. And, you know, not to say that we weren't having Saturday work day and doing things that weren't that fun together, but. But those I, are, those are bonding memories yeah. too. 
true. Like I have so many memories of Saturday workday. Yeah. And not wanting to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have more memories of that than the younger kids have of that. <laughs> For sure. It's oldest child problems. Yeah. Yes, it's true. But I, I just think trying to, you know, one thing is just trying to create you know, like trying to recreate in in ways that we're bonding and we're building for our family relationships and also creating space and time for you guys to spend time together. And one of those things, so this is what I was about to say, the only advice I have is I think kids sharing rooms is so like, uh, you know, we've lived in big houses and we've lived in small houses. And I can tell you that my the house that I hated the most was the house that was too big because I couldn't feel you. And I felt like you couldn't feel each other. So having, you know, like I remember you and Savannah, you guys had your own space downstairs. You know, at one point you guys were downstairs and you have, you shared rooms a lot. And the, we call them the little, the two younger girls, we're going to call them the little girls forever. But I like some of my best memories were just listening to you guys playing together And I think so much of that is like right when you wake up in the morning and your sister's just in the bed next to you, like you're, you're going to, when you're supposed to be cleaning your room, you're going to end up, you know, playing games together and playing together. So I think sharing rooms is something like I always felt bad for Easton. He had no one to share a room with. So I, I am a huge, and I know that that can create fighting too, But, and there were times when it was nice when you guys didn't have the same, like when you got a little bit older and you didn't have the same rooms, but I missed that for you. So I think just kind of cultivating, you know, spaces, spaces where, you know, even if your house is bigger, if you create, you know, we end up now when we get together, we all, we call it mega bed. When, when everyone comes home, we don't, we don't go to the theater room. We all go on I mean, anyone who knows us, all of our friends, the kids' friends have been on Megabed because we just like to be, we like to be in close proximity to, we <laughs> like to be cuddling, watching a movie, not like, we don't even watch movies in there. It's true. We just <laughs> like to be together. Um, I do have to say though, I think in danger of creating a false image of what our um, life looked like, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound so um, far out of reality because we were we are so close and I think especially my sister Savannah and I who is um a few years younger than me we are so so close but when we were young in in those rooms like you're right we were fighting we would (laughs) bite each other's head off and I specifically have memories of you putting us in a room and saying you guys can come out when you work it out oh (laughs) yes Yes. Yeah. Well, you haven't asked yet about fighting. Yes. Like I was definitely, here's the thing. If there's going to be a lot of love, there's also, you have to learn how to work through contention. And so definitely, I feel like one of the reasons that you were so close is you learned how to work through contention. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is something that our family is good at in general. And I feel like you have been so intentional about, and you've helped us navigate even as adults realizing when we're frustrated at each other and talking through it. So I have two parts of this question, but first of all, what would you say for moms that have kids that are fighting? Because I think, I mean, I only have one baby right now, but I know that that is something that was really hard for you is when we fought Mm -hmm. and that's hard for moms when Mm -hmm. their kids fight. Mm -hmm. So for those moms and those young faces that just want their kids to be close so bad, what advice would you give them 
when their kids are fighting. So number one, fighting is completely normal for, and just because they're fighting doesn't mean that they don't love each other and that they don't like love big and fight big. And I think it wasn't something that I really was ever okay. Like if you were fighting, it wasn't something that I, I know it's normal, but I still, it was something that needed to be attended to. You know, if you were fighting, I would try to step in and, and help. I mean, not I'm not always going to step in, but just try to help you understand. Like when you're little, like little, little kids, it's just, I mean, there there's not that much you can do. Yeah. I, I think you just, you just cherish the times that they are like, and, you know, sitting where I'm sitting, I literally can only read this isn't true this is not true but I don't remember all the fighting like it's just something you it's like childbirth like I only remember like the magic like I can think of so few I know you fought I I, logically (laughs) of course you fought I know you fought but it's just something that as a mom you know when you're sitting where I'm sitting you just remember them like I just remember you you know, singing songs and playing dolls and playing in your room. That is not the way it not was. Not ripping each other's heads off. No, I, I mean, I do actually, I can remember some of those times, but they just feel rare, which I know is not true. They're so, in hindsight, they're so much less important. Yeah. And part of our family culture. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely were a part of it, but it's, it just, you just, it's not, you know, like you don't think of all the nights that Miles keeps you up or doesn't take a nap. Like you just think of him giving you kisses. So, yeah. so it's not that it didn't happen. It's just not something that is like on the, yeah. on the forefront. But when you were little, little, I feel like it's going to happen. It's going to happen when you're little, little, your kids are going to fight. And some personalities are just more, you know, like, like I can say, I forgot about this until right now, but, but, you know, with, with two of my kids, like I remember Savannah, she will listen to this podcast, probably Easton doesn't, but you know, the second child, I mean, she just rode Easton. Like she, she tried to parent him. And that, I guess that's one rule I have. I, Cause you asked that later, but, but I would tell you not to parent each other. And she would, she would write him constant. She always wanted to parent him. And I don't even know how, like I forever tried to get her to not do that. And she couldn't stop doing it. And now they, he turns to her like, like all the time. And she's, I mean, she, I think one thing is to just realize like they're going to outgrow so many of the things that you are worried about when they're little, they really do outgrow. Like she absolutely, I mean, now she just wants to parent in like the best, sweetest way. And he loves it. And he loves it. So, so many things. I think, I think as a mom, like as a young mom, just don't sweat the small stuff. Just, just keep, keep working on fostering good relationships. And, and, and of course, like it never was okay with me that she was parent trying to tell Easton what to do. It wasn't something that I was okay with. I was constantly like trying to help her. Like if you can, if you cannot do this one thing, and so I never gave up on it, which yeah. is maybe why she. But it's comforting to know that some things just work themselves out. Most yes. things just work themselves yeah, out. They do. One they thing do. I will say that you did teach us, and I'm surprised you didn't bring it up because this is my like most prevailing thought about this. Um. But, and I feel like it has carried with us, I have carried it with me through to my adulthood. You were so insistent. We were allowed to fight. We were allowed to be mad at each other, but we were not allowed to be unkind to each other. It was just not tolerated. Like I said, frustration, fine. Mm -hmm. Unkindness, never, never tolerated. Mm -hmm. And 
that is something that I think we've carried into our adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be frustrated with my sister and we mm-hmm. can be, we can butt heads and be frustrated, mm-hmm. but we don't like yell at each other or speak unkindly. We just find a resolution. And I think that that's something that we learned as little kids mm-hmm. and we have continued on. Well, and I think um, I, I that it was really, really, really like you feeling frustrated is so normal, so normal. You're going to be frustrated with your siblings. And I think one thing I try to do is let you talk about it. Like, like, tell me why you're frustrated. Tell me how you feel. And like thanking you. Like, I, I just had this like a few weeks ago with, you know, one of my kids where I just said, you know, I can see how you would feel. like, thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for telling me how you feel. It The way you feel isn't like, I'm not going to tell you that it's accurate or right, but I can understand how you feel that way. So I think I tried really hard to validate, like as you were older and could talk, you know, when you're young, you can't talk about your feelings, but when you get older and you could talk about your feelings, I think I just tried so hard to have an open dialogue where you could come to me. And I feel really lucky that all of my kids are they're free to tell me their feelings about all kinds of things without judgment, I- including their siblings and their frustrations with their siblings. They are it's I don't think that you should you need to suppress how you're feeling. I think that's I, I know you talk about Renee Brown, but that's one thing that like giving giving your emotions, names and feelings doesn't make them bigger. It makes them smaller. So I think I tried to like if you were fighting and you're frustrated with, with each other, there's a reason behind that. And I would try to help you get to that reason. And I can't even remember the question that you asked me now, what I'm answering. It's okay. At this point, we're just, ta- we're just <laughs> okay. talking. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I definitely, I, going back to your point of like, it definitely was, it's definitely okay to have those feelings, but being unkind to each other was not something that I was like, I really was never okay. And and sometimes I could not be okay with it, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't. It doesn't mean we were never unkind to each other. Right. It just means that it wasn't really acceptable in our house. Yeah. And everyone knows that, still knows that. And there will be consequences for it. Yes. Maybe not as much now as an adult, but. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But even, I mean, it's, you know, I, I still have, I, I have two kids that live at home and three, one that's out, but I feel like, you know, when they've had their hard times, I just, I just strongly encourage them to talk about it, to talk to me about it and to, to, to serve each other. That's another thing is like, you need to, you need to serve each other and take care of each other. If you're fighting, you need to find a way to, to either work together on something or serve each other. Yeah, that's perfect. So you and I have something in common. We both grew up in families full of girls. Yes. My mom has four sisters and one brother, and I have three sisters and one brother, which is so fun. And every time I tell somebody that I have so many sisters, they just assume, oh my gosh, there must have been so much drama in your house, so many emotions. And of course, there's like an an element of truth to that. Like there are a lot of us, but... To be honest, it never really rang true. I just feel like when there are three sisters, if you're on your period, it's not really an excuse to be a brat because Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone's on their period at some Mm -hmm. point. And obviously we have hormones and those play into it. But really, we were in charge of being kind to each other 
kind of regardless no, of the no matter where you were in your cycle yeah <laughs> yes even True. though we know sometimes it's harder to be nice to our sisters at a certain point in yep, our cycles for sure <laughs> and everyone in ourselves mm. um but anyways you have obviously had many experiencing many experience experiences navigating your relationships with your sisters as well as helping us navigate relationships with our sisters and sisters I feel like can be the most treasured relationship Mm -hmm. so much joy can come from that but I also think um if that relationship is strained that can be a really big source of hardship Mm -hmm. so what advice would you give or maybe not advice because I know we don't like that word (laughs) because we're all just trying our absolute Mm -hmm. best but what have you found that serves you in your relationship with your sisters and helps us in our relationship as sisters? Um, so I'll answer first about what I feel like helps you, what I've done, what I feel like I've done to help you as sisters. And then I'll answer, remind me that then I'll answer about <laughs> my sisters. So I, I have a vivid memory of, of um, you and Savannah and um, you guys are both in high school together, but two grades apart or three grades apart? Two. Okay. And I, I just, I remember there being contention and, you know, you guys, you, her having, she's so mature. She wanted to be friends with your friends. And she's so fun and like larger than life. Everyone loves Savannah. Everyone loves Savannah. And I'm much more reserved. Yeah. And she's, she's an old soul. Yeah. So she always wanted to hang out with older kids and, um, so and my friends always loved her cause yes. she's so cool. Yeah. And they still do. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, they and, still do. and now Rightfully you guys, so. and now you guys share friends and you figure this out. But I, I remember having a vivid, I had, I have a vivid memory of having a conversation with her saying, you need to understand when it's Paris's moment and when it's your moment and you like, she's senior in high school right now when she's with her friends, she's a superstar. And, and it really was a turning point for her where she wanted to be like, really, she probably wanted your approval way more than she wanted your friend's approval. And so she was, she wasn't doing it the right way because she didn't understand when it was your stage and when it was her stage. And I think that that really helped her. Like, I remember that being a turning point. It was like, it clicked with her where she realized like, okay, as long as I, as long as I let you, when it's your people, it's your moment, I need to make sure that I let you, that I celebrate you and I'm your biggest cheerleader. And I feel like it was like that moment on that you guys like started sharing friends and she figured that out. And then the same thing happened tonight with, you know, I just, I came straight to record the podcast from from the youngest child. It was her dance performance at her at her school and Madeline who's graduating from high school and is on her dance company. She's there with Ava. And in a way it's, it's like Madeline had been there and choreographed a dance for a, all Ava's friends. And, and they were like gathered around Madeline cause they all want to be on the team that Madeline's leaving from. And, and Madeline understood that this was Ava's moment and that she shouldn't do anything to take away Ava's spotlight. And so it was really fun to see her just cheering Ava on and cheering for her friends and not doing anything to draw attention to herself in that moment to make, to make Ava feel um, like resentful. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I tried to help you. You guys are such 
you're such good cheerleader. Like everyone in our family, we are so not perfect. And I don't, I, in this podcast, we're going to, we're talking about the things that we're good at. So you can have me on and we can talk about what we're bad at. If this <laughs> is something that we're good at, but we have so many flaws. So I don't want to make us sound like the perfect family because we're not. But you guys are really, every single person in our family is a good cheerleader. Like they are like for whatever we're doing, we are good cheerleaders. And I feel like something about understanding that everybody gets their moments. Everybody has their their time when they're shining and their time when they're in the dumps. And when when it's someone's moment, let them have their moment. And it's it's an up and down cycle of us like being there for each other. And some sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down. No. And being there and celebrating all of it. If not, you know, I don't even for some reason I don't even like this word. But there's you guys. I don't feel like we have jealousy in our family. I feel like everyone is supportive of each other and not to say that that's never there or doesn't ever creep up. But for some reason, I feel like everybody understands that, that we all get times to shine and we all get times when we're in the dumps and, you know, we're a supporter and cheerleader or, you know, we're being supported and we've all been through those ups and downs valleys and, and you celebrate when you're up and you support when you're down and, and, I don't know, maybe somehow you guys have just been good at understanding when those are and that it's okay to celebrate. You've definitely helped us see them. And hearing you say, like, we're your biggest cheerleader, that just brings back my whole childhood. I have been told that, and I'm sure I have been, like, reprimanded reprimanded mm-hmm. by you for it, like, just reminding me that we are our siblings' biggest cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we don't fight or get frustrated, but we cheer our siblings on Mm -hmm. because their success is our success and Mm -hmm. we love them and Mm -hmm. want to buoy them up. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe too, I I should say too, that we are open and vulnerable in our family, in our failures. And maybe that's why we can be cheerleaders is because we Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Like I know the most difficult things of all of my siblings' lives. Yeah. Which... I feel like that's pretty rare and I'm very, very grateful for that. But because they have chosen to be open about their trials and I've been open about mine, when I do see them succeed, it's so easy to be so happy mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. because I've seen all the hard work that goes in and mm-hmm. I, I, you've know. seen the failures, yeah. you've seen the pain and the, and I, so maybe that's, that's, um, that's something that is so important for every single, I, I think, I think we are open and vulnerable. We, we trust each other. And so like we, every single one of us understand each person's, like in this moment today, you know what each of your siblings, you know where their pain is. Yeah. And so, you know, when someone runs a mile really fast or when someone has a success. So, someone. When, yeah, the one person when, who runs. When the brother. Yeah, when the brother <laughs> runs. You know, but you know you yeah. know what that means for him. Like, you know, you know, cause nobody's life is full of successes and it's the, it's all of it. It's so we're, we're cheerleader. We're, we're supporting honestly way more often than we're like cheering on maybe. Yeah. But I love that. I'm glad that you made that connection. Um, okay. Then follow up to that. What about your adult sisters? Oh, and I know you. we're kind of adults. I mean, I half of a, over half of us are adults. All but one of tomorrow, my little sister turns eighteen. So, 
You only have one child that's not as old. Yeah, don't make me cry. Um, so I would say I feel like my sisters are my best friends for sure. They're my best friends. And, you know, my mom is, I can tell, I can tell my mom my pain and I can, my mom is still like, like if I have something, if I have something really exciting, my mom is still like one of the first people that I would call because no one gets more excited for me, no matter what it is than my mom, even if she doesn't understand it. She just is so excited for me of anything good in my life. And she's also like you know, one of the first people I would call for any pain that I'm feeling, like I trust her like with my heart. And I feel like with my, I have four sisters, like wait, do I have five? There are I five have, girls, you have four yes, sisters. Yes, I you. always get tripped up on that too. Yeah, thank you. So I have four sisters and I, I really, like my sisters, I'm closer to some sisters than other sisters, but I trust them with my heart. Like I know that they love me and I know that, that my pain is safe with them. And I, I, and why do I have that? I think, I don't know. I I think we've taken a chance. Like you have to take a chance on your siblings and you share with them. And we've just, you know, now we're all old enough that I feel like we've all seen, you know, I have one sister that we used to joke. I remember, I remember um, she had trees brought in her house that had orange. Have we told you this? No. She had oranges. When, when her house was built, they brought the trees in already with oranges on them. And I remember thinking, of course, her trees already have oranges. Like, who has trees that come with, like, she didn't even have to do anything. They just had oranges on them. <laughs> and it just seemed like she's four years older than me. And it just seemed like everything was so, like, it was so easy for her and so perfect for her. And, you know, now I, like, everybody gets their turns. And I feel like, you know, we joke now. She'll be like, where are my orange trees? Because we've seen, like, we've been there for each other. And we've all, we've all been through the stuff. And we just, we're there for you. Like, my sisters would do anything for me. And so I think um, what we do to cultivate that is I think we stay in touch and I don't, I don't talk to all of my sisters that often, but we just, we love each other. We do, we will go on a girl's trip. Not that often. Yeah. I feel like we have to mention just for context, you don't live by any of your sisters. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Like the closest are four hours away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, and I honestly could not talk to them for two or three months and I could pick up the phone and say, tell me how to do this. Help me through, like everybody, you know, I have a sister that's been through addiction. I have, you know, sisters have been through depression, anxiety. You know, I have older kids than the rest of my siblings. And, you know, they, they'll call me and ask me parenting questions. I, I can, I can call them and talk to them for two hours, or I can call them and talk to them for five minutes because we, I don't know, we just, we take care of each other. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, I know that I feel like this wasn't a prevalent theme in my younger years of being parented by you, but I think in our adult relationships, um, as, like, and as in-laws have entered the family. Wait just a second. Before you say this, I want to say that I, my sisters, when we were growing up, I don't feel like we were actually that close. It's something that has come into adulthood. So for anyone listening to this, it's like, oh, how are my kids going to be close? I don't actually feel like I was that close to my sisters. And I remember fighting a lot with them. It's been something older that it's like you just, 
It's just you work of, your stuff out. You work your stuff out, and none of it matters. But I can remember like screaming matches between my sisters, and you know they're they aren't the closest, but they still love each other. Like they trust each other. So anyway, just didn't want to make that sound like it well, was it's just different it's, than it was. It, it makes sense after years and years of serving each other and being there for each other. Of course, you're going to be close no matter yeah. your differences. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what were you saying? Sorry, uh, it's okay. Um, this isn't something that I felt like was really prevalent in my younger years of being parented by you, but I feel like in our more adult years and as in-laws have come into the family and as we've changed and grown and kind of roles within our family have shifted, one thing that I feel like has been very important to you and has been vocalized very much within our family is um, just really taking guilt off the table. Like, that's just something that I feel like you have helped talk us through, um, making sure that we aren't ever putting guilt on any of our siblings. And you're really good at that as well. Like, if I am going to have dinner with my friends on a Sunday, um, you would be really quick to be like, oh, I'm happy for you that you're going to do that. Or if, or if I couldn't come to something, you would never make me feel guilty about anything and you would never let me make a sibling feel guilty mm-hmm. about not coming to something for me or vice versa. We just like love each other and do our best mm-hmm. and try to support each other. And we do always want to be there for each other, but you have been very quick to shut any sort of guilt trips down. Um, and I feel like that's been a real theme. Can you tell everyone why that is so important to you? Yeah, actually, it's Pierce. So I, I still remember where I was and and it, this might seem like a weird connection, but it really did. Like, I just it was like, oh, like, so I said to Pierce, I always loved Pierce from from right when I knew him when he was young and he was in high school. Like, He's I, hard I, not to love. He is very lovable. And I just loved him. Like, I just loved who he was and what he represented. But um, when he and Paris were dating... And I felt like she was really young and he was really young. And, um, but I could tell they were falling in love. And Pierce, Pierce said to me, I said, you know, I, we were so close. Pierce and I are so, so close. We were such good friends. And I said, I said, Hey, like, I just realized that you're supposed to be afraid of me. Like you don't, you're not afraid of me in any way. And he said, well, wouldn't you rather that I just thought you were so cool that I wanted to impress you rather than that I was afraid of you? And, and which is true. Like I, I, I was, that's kind how of, he felt. That is how he felt. And I was kind of teasing him, but I did kind of feel like, wait, well, like we're so close. I should be making this harder for you. Yeah. I should be making this hard for you. Like I, cause you, you are wanting my most prized like daughter, <laughs> like you, like I should be, I should be raking you over the coals, which I never felt like doing because yeah. I just loved him. But I, 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 that, that really, really stuck with me that I just thought I don't want people to do things that they don't want to do like I don't want I'd want you like if you know perfect example tonight like Ava has you know the youngest child had a dance recital and no one was there it was me and Madeline and you know I I would have said everyone Madeline Ava has this tonight if anyone can come it would be great to see you but I I feel like Jen genuinely Ava's not hurt because there's so many things and and so I feel like we all know that when someone's there it's because they want 
not that people didn't want to be there tonight, but it didn't make sense for anyone but me and Madeline to be there tonight. And we're there a hundred, like we're in a hundred percent. I would rather have someone be there because it, it worked for them and they want, I don't know. It, but something about him saying that to me literally like changed my life that I just, that I just, I want people to do things because they want to do them. Yeah. And I want to be the kind of person where my kids show up for me because they want to, not because like, and I, and I genuinely like, you know, if I had dinner on the table and you called and said, my friend needs me and I'm, I genuinely would feel that way that you, I know, you know, I have dinner on the table. I just trust you <laughs> that, that you must need to be there. And, you know, there are tricky situations like with in-laws or wherever, but I don't know. It's just, it's but not. But if I had to go to my in-laws, you would never make never. me feel guilty for not being at your house Mm-mm. because that wouldn't help our relationship at all. Mm-hmm. And you've been very aware of making us not do that to each other. Right. Cause I think sometimes mm-hmm. we will get frustrated with each other and mm-hmm. like, want to guilt trip each other for mm-hmm. s- certain things and it's just never productive mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. like uh, if someone if someone feels like they should be somewhere else i just think that we should love each other and support each other and say you must need to be there even if it doesn't make sense to me and i well I, and we're there for each other so much i think at a, i think more often than other families even like we have a lot of things going on but I have been to a lot of dance recitals and races and dance getting ready in dance photos. And that's so fun. And I feel so lucky. But when I'm not there, I don't, nobody makes me feel guilty. And I think we've just all come to a point where we try really hard for our default setting to be trying to understand where the other person is coming from Mm -hmm. and trying not to get our feelings hurt. And if we do having a conversation about it, but not, ever inflicting guilt just Mm -hmm. because it's not productive Mm -hmm. or if someone thinks and and I can say that that is something that's been really intentional if someone says well I feel bad you know that she wasn't there you know trying to say I would try to say not that that happens very often but if ever it is like hey you know I wish I wish that she didn't have to be with her family or whatever just saying you know what like I, I do feel like that's something that I have intervened and just said, we just can't. Like, she must. It, it, there's no. There keeping, are hard decisions to and make. And there's no, like, I'm not keeping score. I don't want you to keep score. I don't, like, we just don't, like, you know, like, tomorrow's Madeline's 18th birthday. And genuinely, I called Easton and said, you know, it's her birthday. Do you want to come up? I know you've been here a lot. If you want to come, love to have you. If you don't feel like that makes sense for you, it's totally... And I feel that way. And Madeline would feel that way too because you've taught us that. I've taught her that that's like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You know, so then I called him back later and said, I'm not trying to make you feel like you need to come. Like, he hadn't decided. Not trying to make you feel like you need to come. But if you are going to come, do you want to? Which I was thinking this was another thing. Like, I do try to help you guys understand each other's... Like if he, if he, I try to help you guys understand each other's heartaches and pains. If you, if the person hasn't had a chance, like for Easton, you know, I need, could you, I, that I want to help them cultivate. Like they've always been so, so close and he's been away and she's been home. And like, there've been things that have been hard for them to navigate. So I'm always trying to say like, Hey, you know, can I, it's her birthday and I need at seven o'clock, she's going to have all these friends at her house. Can you take her to go do something? 
just you two. Like I am, and I and I told him again with that. I said if if it doesn't make sense for you to come come up, it's fine. But if you are going to come up, and I think that it actually makes you want to, like, I'm not doing, there's no ulterior motive. If he didn't yeah. want to come, it really is fine. Yeah. But I think because it's fine, if he came and he stayed for five minutes, that's fine too. And it really is fine. I think it makes you feel like whatever you are is okay. Whatever you show up for, it's yeah. okay. So it actually makes you want to show up more. It feels more like a friendship and less obligatory. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not to say that there aren't times that I made you guys do obligatory things for each other. Especially because... younger. Especially younger. I feel like this is very much something that has been as adults. But even now, like I would tell you, like I feel like there have been times... You know, I don't know if it's you or Savannah, but where you've helped me understand or Savannah's helped me understand, like, you need to be there. Like, this isn't, this oh, isn't, yeah. this isn't something, you know, like, like I had to tell Easton, you know, he had a final and Madeline had, you know, to him, it seems like one dance thing is the same as every, it's the same as all of the, and I just said, if you can be there, we totally understand if you can't. But that's not a sense of guilt that no. this is a different priority level than all these other things. I know you love this person. I know you want to be there for this person. You need to be there. Yeah. If you, if there's any way you can. This will mean a lot to this person if you show up. So I, I think that's another thing is helping as the mom. Like I'm like the captain of the ship and I feel like I can, you know, I can understand things about your siblings that maybe you don't understand in that moment and helping you, you know, like. Like, know like support each other. Yeah, like, like sometimes like I will say, I will say like I will have a group thread that will say this person, I, I've done this twice this week. I just thought of this. I've done this twice this week where I said, this person has something really big or really sad going on right now. Everyone pray for them without including that person and just letting, you know, like we're going to support each other in these different ways. So I feel like as the, as the mom, the, there's so much that like, I just expect that you guys love each other and want to support each other. So I, of course, I, I think that I've been able to help you understand when it's a 10 and when it's a one and don't waste, you, you know, on the ones, if that sounds fun to you come and on the tens, it's like, this is a 10 come yeah. be there, show up yeah if you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. Well, just like, um, kind of our last question. I know so many of us in this podcast community have young kids and, hear you talk and think that's what I want for my family. Uh, I know that's how I feel. So to speak to those young moms, what would you, what advice would you give? Or sorry, we're not saying advice. (laughs) What tactical tools would you give young moms to help foster this environment at this young, young age? Um, I can say that I, I think friends are such an important part of raising kids at any age. And I always looked for people. I I've always had friends that were older than me because to me, I wasn't, I love being around people that I like the way they're talking to their kids. I like the way they're parenting their kids like that. I want to be around that. So I never spent a lot of time with people that I didn't enjoy how they were parenting their kids, like in the current, 
in their, you know, like while they had young kids. But I always had, I've always had people that I looked up to that were older than me that I could see like, oh, that's what that produces. That's what their, that's what that parenting style, that's what it produces. And so I, I, I am a forever student. And so I'm always asking, I'm always asking, you know, right now I have a friend that's just one step ahead of me and I can call her and say like, what would you do about this? Like, what do you think about this? I'm, I'm constantly like everyone, everyone who's listening to this podcast is someone who, who is trying to better themselves. And I would just say, keep experimenting, keep trying what works for your family, but don't, don't give up on cultivating like your kids loving each other and don't feel defeated if like we I can say that 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 I there are times with each of you that your relationships have struggled and I I remember asking a friend and you know like what how do I help these kids and she said what if it's just okay that they're like that right now and I thought but it's not okay like it but you know what sometimes it is okay like sometimes you just you just have to trust in the process and let it be for a second and keep trying, keep helping them find ways to serve each other and love each other. And, and I've seen that, I've seen that come full circle with almost each one of my kids. Yeah, actually, I can think of every single one of you where I felt like things weren't as good for like with one sibling and just continuing to help that child. Um, another thing that, that has really helped us is, um, we, I don't know if you I'm sure you do remember this, but, but having, when we would have like the first Sunday of every month, sitting down with our kids and helping them, like, like, what are you trying like help them? I've, I've kind of gotten away from wanting to call them goals because I had one child that was so adverse to goals. But like, how do you feel about this thing? How do you how do you feel about the way we're treating you? How do you feel about your siblings and trying to help like trying to help them? Are you laughing? <laughs> I just like to, I'm literally imagining doing this with Miles. <laughs> You're not gonna do it with Miles, but like in, but like in a seven a year few old. years in a few years I'll do it. With yeah, Miles, okay. But that's where okay. the laugh was coming from. Because they're that, little kids. What's that visual? <laughs> of Miles, how can we help you? But but okay. This is younger kids. So think of you and Pierce taking the first Sunday of every month and evaluating, like, how can we help Miles? Like, how or how how do we feel about the culture of our home? And just and just being really intentional of what you're, you know, because you you are already like you do care if Miles has friends. Oh, yeah. And I feel like even now, you know, like Madeline came over here to babysit for a second and she said that Brooks shares his toys and Miles doesn't. (laughs) Brooks doesn't care. And Miles takes his toys. And I feel like it's it's true that if you were sitting there, you would be helping Miles. I know you'd be helping Miles. Be a good friend. Yeah. And if you realized that like he was that Miles was lonely, or you would create you would be you and Pierce would be saying, Okay, let's do this and this. Let's like there are certain kids that you want Miles to be around and there are certain kids that you don't want him to be around. And so you fostering relationships with people that you want to raise your kids with is everything. Like I I have raised my kids with the best, like the best people I know. It's like, I'm going to hitch my wagon. I'm going to hitch my wagon with you. And it's made a huge difference in your life. So maybe that's what I would say. Find good friends, read good books, learn from each other, learn from each other. But you can't, 
you can't read too many books. And I, um, I do have one book that, that I feel like really did help. I've told you about this before. I think it's called the children, the challenge. It's a super, super old book, but it was something that helped me. Like I remember I walked into, um, Savannah's kindergarten teacher and I loved the way that she talked to the kids and the way she treated the kids. She had complete control of the classroom, which was just so kind and so welcoming. And I asked her after like walking in the classroom like two times, I just said, what is this? Like, what are you doing? Because I knew that's how I wanted to raise my family. Like I wanted to talk to my kids that way. I wanted to have, I wanted the environment in my home that she was creating in the classroom. And she told me about this book and now I can't even remember who the author was, but it actually really did help me in my parenting. But that was just one of many, like when you like what someone's doing, like ask like where their philosophies come, like people love to tell you what they like, what their experiences have been. And so I just would say just, just it's everything. Like, you know, my family is everything to me and it's been worth all of the work and weird. I don't mean to make a sound like we are not perfect. And I don't mean to make it sound like that, <laughs> but we are good at loving each other. We are our family. We do love each other and we have our, and there has been a lot of work that yes. has gone into that. Yeah. It's intentional. It's super, super intentional. And it ha- it's been worth, it's been worth all of that. So I would say keep reading, have great friends, find people that are older than you that they, you know, like even way older than like, I feel like dad and I are always, you know, when we're out to dinner with a couple that's older than us, we, we will constantly be asking them, you know, what do you think about this? And I feel like they like, I love it when someone asks me, you know, ask me a question. I feel like they love it too. Like people want to share with you what, you know, after you've been through it, you know, I, I, pr- I would say I pretty much have no advice, but I could tell you, like, I could tell you a couple of things you, that have helped me. But to be honest, you do give the best advice. That's so nice of you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mom, so much for coming. I know that everyone that knows you has been highly anticipating this episode. <laughs> I have told my mom forever to write a book or start a podcast because she really does give the best advice. Some of, like, my fondest memories – Um, And this is a scene that happens in our house now, as well as when I was a teenager. But my friends would all come over to my house and be like gathered around the kitchen island and asking my mom for help with their relationships or their decisions. Just my mom truly is so wise and has the best advice. And really, everyone that knows you has been looking forward to this. So thank you for coming and sharing your goodness. Thank you. Thanks for having me.